Come on, all across this building. I think it would be a good idea if we lifted up our hands in worship and lifted up our voices and reminded, amen, reminded ourselves while we praise God, how great God really is. God, you've been so good. You are such a great God. Come on, that's it right there. Let's love him in this house. Come on, let's love him in this house. We give you praise, Jesus. We give you praise. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord and give him a shout of victory. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. It feels good to be in the house of the Lord here today and to be in the presence of the Lord. Is anybody thankful to be in church? Amen. I'm so thankful to be in the house of the Lord, to be back home with our wonderful church family. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be turning open to the book of Psalms chapter 23. Psalms chapter 23. A few announcements as we're going there. As Brother Diaz had announced, there are 11 people that had finished their Bible in 2020. That's awesome. I think we ought to give them a hand. And we're going to be honoring those 11 individuals um, and then this next week coming up. Uh, but also, there are, some, uh, there are some Bible reading plans in the back. Brother Lavin, they're right behind you. If you could lift one of them up. Amen. Everybody look back at that strapping gentleman. Those are the Bible reading program for this year, and the goal, and we'll talk about this a little bit next week, the goal for this year uh, is at minimum. Now, I'm believing we're going to exceed this because every year we've exceeded things, uh, but we're going we're gonna to exceed that. But our goal is 21 people to read their Bible by the end of 2021. Amen. Do you think we can do that? Praise God. Now, we can do that, but it requires you being one of those 21 people. Now, if everybody says, I'm going to be part of those 21 people, guess what? That's 100% participation. And if you have not gotten started, you are not too far behind. This one uh, seems to be going uh, in, in just in order. And so uh, you'll be able to catch up real quick. And, uh, and, and you just got to catch up a little bit in Genesis and a little bit in Matthew. So uh, make sure that you do that. It's a great opportunity to dive into God's Word. In Jesus' name. Also, I want to say uh, a special thank you from uh, our family, both my wife's family and then us as a couple, our family. Thank you to this church for all of your kind texts and words uh, during this, this time of loss for us. It was our loss, uh, but it was heaven's gain. And this is why we live for God. Amen? And, uh, and I want to say thank you to the church for giving us the last week or so just to be with family and take care of some some things um, it really means a lot to us and I also want to say a special thank you I probably miss some people so please forgive me it's not my intent to miss you but I want to say a special thank you to brother Diaz uh, I gave him a call on a Sunday night I said I'm leaving first thing in the morning uh, I don't know when I'm coming back 
but please just step in and take care of stuff. And, uh, and he did, and that was a huge blessing to us, and we really appreciate the reliability there. Also, uh, to Brother Brentson for stepping up and uh, jumping in, and he's been doing a great job there. But I also want to thank Sister Sonia. Um, we had, we had our, 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 our other drummer had to step out for a little bit, and Sister Sonia stepped in and, and started playing. And uh, thank you for your versatility and just being willing to jump in, and that means a lot. It's, it's nice to be able to, uh, to not have to worry about certain things. Uh, I always worry about the church, not because there's anything to worry about, but I always worry about the church. I'm always thinking about it, and I, we are always concerned about different things and trying to work on different things. Uh, but for the last few weeks, to be able to set that aside and know it's taken care of, I really appreciate that. Amen. Praise God. Without, without any further delay, uh, this is something that I intended to do uh, two weeks ago. We do it the second week of every year. We open up 2021 or whatever the year is, and uh, we start to preach and talk about uh, what we're going to be focusing in on this year. And, uh, and that's what I want to do here today. And I want to do my best to bless somebody with the Word of God. And in, in Jesus' name, Psalms chapter 23 and verse number 1. The word of the Lord says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. My cup runneth over and as i prayed throughout the last portion of last year i i was here at the church praying and i felt god what 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 is our direction for this next year after everything we've experienced and the only word that could come to my mind and it wasn't even something i was trying to think of it just absolutely went opposite of maybe what i was thinking was the word overflow and this year i want to talk to us about living in the overflow. And today I want to talk to us about my cup runneth over. What does that mean? I'm going to talk about that today. My cup runneth over. Turn to your neighbor and tell him that this year my cup is going to run over. Amen. Turn to your other neighbor and tell him this year I am going to live in the overflow. Somebody clap your hands and give God a shout of praise. Come on, there's going to be good things. There's going to be blessings, innumerable things that we can't even calculate. The Lord is going to bless us. Somebody give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated for a few moments here today. Living in the overflow, my cup runneth over. David is one of the most brilliant men, in my personal opinion, one of the most brilliant men that has ever lived. 
although it was the Lord that endued his son Solomon with wisdom, I think that some of that wisdom he received as a direct result of David and David's walk with God. And David had a lot of inclinations to things that we don't always look into. He had revelations uh, that, that, again, revelation's a little different than observation. I think wisdom comes mostly from observation. This is why Solomon would talk about consider the ant. He observed. He looked at life around him. And I think that if you live life with an observant mindset, you will learn a lot. Amen. There's a lot of good things that will come to you if you just open your eyes and look around. But, but then there's David, who I believe lived a life of revelation. David, who spent most of his time on the backside of the mountain, not really having a lot, was not educated. He was just taking care of sheep. But David, in that moment, began to get revelations about the Lord. We see that David prophesied about Jesus' crucifixion. David was given a little more information, and I, I think that, that there's something to that, that we can receive revelation, and we can get uh, information that comes from heaven, things that we could never learn in any university, things that we could never acquire on any online course or through any podcast or any book that you could ever read. And it comes as a direct result of having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. You can study all you want, work as hard as you can. I think that's all good and in order. But there are there is there is revelation, there is information that you and I will only acquire when we begin to walk with the Lord, when we get close to God. Amen. I want to tell you there is no greater life than living for God. There is no there is no better way to live. There is no more enlightened path Amen. In David's time and era, they were coming up with uh, concepts of enlightenment. How does somebody reach enlightenment? And, and there's people that, that they, they, they've been Buddhists, and there's others that have worshipped in other religions, and they, they have tried to reach this area. They're not trying to go to heaven. They're trying to reach enlightenment. But I want to tell you, the only way to truly reach enlightenment is to fall in love with Jesus, to walk with God. He'll take you to a level that your mind can't even think on. He'll take you to a revelation that you never could acquire by yourself. Amen. I fully believe that it was by reading the Word of God, amen, that it helped me. I, I don't think that I was born necessarily with a high IQ, amen. I know there's some people that feel like they fall in that category, but I believe that as we walk with God, He can give you information. I believe there's people that never went to school, amen, that are living in a third world country, but they've got to walk with God, and they've got more information about life than we can get, amen, on our own. David had this information. He had this revelation. This is why David would confront the philosophies of his time. And, and I know that when we read the Bible, often we want to read it as cute uh, colloquialisms, and we want to read them and say, oh, those are good quotables, and I'll put that on my wall, and I'll, I'll put that on my Facebook or my Instagram because it's cute, it's nice, it reads poetically, but David is often writing down prophecies about the crucifixion of Jesus and the resurrection of our Lord. He didn't realize what he was doing, but God was giving him a window into the future. God was giving him a word, but David was also getting information, amen, that would combat the philosophies that were coming around in his time. This is why David would pen the words, some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, some trust in swords and spears, 
but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. Oh, I love that verse. It's cute. I want to help you here today. Amen. David was combating with the mindset of his generation uh, where everybody else was saying, uh, amen, it is determined based on the size of our army, amen, the size of our might, whether or not we will be able to be successful, amen, whether or not we will overcome. Uh, but David got a revelation in that moment uh, that, that you can go ahead and have that philosophy of life uh, where you trust in everything else. Uh, but I made a determination and a decision uh, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we're going to trust in God. Somebody ought to give him praise. What are you doing? I'm combating that mindset that says lean on your own understanding. Trust in yourself. And I'm saying, God, I'm going to lean solely on you. I'm going to rely on you. And I'm going to trust in you. Oh, somebody give him praise. Somebody give him praise. You might call it stupid. You might call it ignorant. Uh, amen. But there's something powerful about a young boy that's just a shepherd on the backside of the mountain, uneducated, doesn't know a whole lot. But everybody else is shaking in their boots uh, and in their nice armor with their nice sword on their hip, uh, not ready to fight the giant. Uh, but there is a young boy uh, that says, is there not a cause? Uh, amen. You said, amen, we can't do it because we don't have. Uh, but David said, you're neglecting the one thing uh, that we do have. We've got the name that's above every name. Oh, somebody give him praise. Some people might call it stupid. They might say it looks a little absurd. Amen. To say, well, we should be relying on this, and maybe we should rely on our 401K, and then that goes away. Maybe we should rely on the next president, and then, amen, your ideologies get flipped upside down. Maybe we should rely on everything else, and then we've got to remind ourselves what David said. He ran down that mountain, and he said, hey, you come to me with a sword and with a spear. David wasn't just fighting a giant that was head and shoulders above him, but David was fighting an ideology. David was fighting a philosophy. He said, you come, amen, with everything you can bring, every bit of strength you got, but I'm going to come to you in a strength that I did not possess on my own. I'm going to come to you in a power that I did not have. Save with Jesus. I come to you in the name of the Lord. Oh, somebody give him praise. Somebody shout into the Lord. Come on. In the face of everything you're facing, can you shout and say, God, I trust you. I don't trust in everything else. I don't trust in the society. I don't trust in the political systems. I don't know what's going to happen, but I trust in the Lord. Come on, somebody give him praise. In 2021, I'm going to have the right mindset. I trust God. I believe in God. I'm walking with God. You got to get to this life of living in the overflow. You got to get to the my cup runs over mentality. But you can't get to the my cup runs over mentality until you get to the Lord is my shepherd mentality. Everybody wants to live with blessings, and everybody wants to have a nice car, and everybody wants to have peace. And Amen, I don't know anybody in their right mind that wants there to be turmoil and problems and troubles. But how do you get to the my cup runneth over mindset? you got to start with the Lord is my shepherd. Mm -hmm. You know, 
That, that right there makes the biggest difference in anybody's life. The Lord is my shepherd. You've you got you to find out who's the shepherd. Hey, hallelujah. When you've determined who the shepherd is, then you can figure out where your faith and your trust really is. When I am my shepherd, when my job is my shepherd, when everything else, when my relationships is my shepherd, when my position is my shepherd, when my money is my shepherd. Amen. There's a lot of things that we can put in that and say, well, this is my shepherd. And, and, and all of that seems good when everything's good. But what do you do when everything falls apart? That's why David said, I can't use your armor, Saul, because your armor is not my shepherd. I can't use your sword, Saul, because your sword is not my shepherd. I can't use, I can't bring an army with me because your army is not my shepherd. You want to know why? Amen. I've always, I've always wondered this. Huh? Amen. That David committed adultery. David killed a man. Huh? This is in your Bible. You might want to read your Bible. It's better than any soap, any soap opera, better than any science fiction. It's got a lot of cool stuff in there. Uh, but, but David commits all sorts of mistakes, and he, he, he sins against the Lord. And, and God does not judge him harshly because David repents. Amen. I'll tell you, repentance does a whole lot. In 2021, if you want your cup to run over, you might want to start with some repentance. Mm. But the one area that David got in trouble with God is when he numbered the people. That is the one area, amen, he started numbering the people. Amen, what was he really doing? He was changing his mindset to the mindset he combated when he was a little boy that said, you trust in swords and in spears. You trust in numbers of armies, but we'll trust in the name of the Lord. But David, he got a little comfortable. He sat back in his castle, and he started counting all of his soldiers and counting all of his armies. What he was really doing was he stepped out of the Lord being his shepherd and the Lord being the warrior and the Lord being the winner and started stepping into saying, I am my shepherd. I am the warrior. My armies are what I trust in. I want to tell you, anytime we replace the Lord with anything else, we're going to find ourselves in a world of hurt. We're going to find ourselves in trouble, not overflow. We're going to find ourselves in problems and not in blessings. Our cup won't run over. Our cup will get broken. But when you can say, the Lord is my shepherd, I want to help you. There's an overflow. You won't want anything because everything you got need of will be there. Oh, somebody give him praise. Come on, somebody give the God that supplies all your needs great praise. Starts with a mindset the Lord is my shepherd. I've determined and I've made it up in my mind. Amen. I have to do it every year, every day. The Lord's my shepherd. I know that people want to put that on their bathroom wall, but I, what I really want to do is, in my heart, I want to plaster it on my heart. The Lord is my shepherd. And in 2021, if 2020 did nothing for you, it, it, it ought to remind you those things are not your shepherd. If it did nothing good for you, let it do this good for you. In 2021, I made a declaration. As for ARC, we're going to serve the Lord, and the Lord is going to be ARC's shepherd. You make people your shepherd, people let you down. But if you make Jesus your shepherd, you can, you'll never have to want for anything. The Lord is my shepherd, I 
shall not want. You make the Lord your shepherd, there's not want for anything because you know he's going to supply it. Because he said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. You must start before you get to a cup that runs over mindset. Before you can truly live in the overflow, you've got to start with the Lord being your shepherd. And then we've got to move on to the next stage. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Amen. All of these things are what the shepherd does. Amen. There's people that are saying, well, I don't know what's going on right now. I'm depressed. I've got anxiety. I'm stressed out. I, I, I just feel like giving up on everything. Amen. Again, go back to the first thing. Make the Lord your shepherd. And when you make the Lord your shepherd, he's going to make you lie down. You want to stand up for yourself? He says, lie down. You want, you want to go out and battle for yourself? He says, lie down. Amen. You want to stress out and worry about how you're going to figure everything out? He says, lie down. He makes, oh, come on somebody, he makes me lie down. He says, you know what? Don't worry about any of this. You lie down and you just get comfortable. Can I preach to somebody in 2021? What's going to happen? I don't know, but I've made it up in my mind. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to lay there and say, God, you take care of it. I'm going to trust in the Lord uh, with all my heart. Uh, I'm going to believe in God. He makes me. He leads me. He restores me. He, he, he leads me. He leads me. He leads me. He leads me. The Lord's my shepherd. you got to get that there because you can't get to it. My cup runs over if you don't have the Lord as your shepherd. But the next stage is you'll never get to my cup runs over if you have not made it up in your mind. I'm going to follow where he leads me. I will follow him where I want to go, but I don't know about following him where he leads. Come on, somebody. I can't be the only one that's felt that way before. I'll, lead, I'll let you lead me until I get tired of where you're leading me. I'll let you lead me as long as it's good things. Amen. But David proceeded to say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, there's going to be times in life. Can I preach it? Amen. I've lived it more times than I'd like to count. Amen. There's going to be times that he leads, and you've got to walk through areas you don't want to walk through. Amen. But you've got to make it up in your mind. I'm still following God. People start acting a fool. I'm still following God. People leave the church. I'm still following God. Amen. Everything goes upside down. You go bankrupt. You go broke. You get sick. I'm still following God. I don't know what you're going to do, but I made it up in my mind. I'm going to follow God. Come on. And I'm not going to be afraid because I know. My mindset says, I know you'll never leave me nor forsake me. My mindset says, I'm going to follow God, and I know God's going to be right there, and I'm going to walk with him. I might not see him, I might not feel him, but I trust in the Lord that he's there, and that he'll never leave me nor forsake me. And I walk in confidence, not in fear. I walk in comfort, not in dismay. Come on, somebody, give him praise. Oh, somebody clap your hands and worship him. In 2021, I'm going to let him lead me. I'm going to be leadable, and I will follow. If you lead, if you lead, you're just going to be taking a walk by yourself. But if you let God lead, you can go through anything, and you can say, God's with me. 
And I know that I know that I know. Amen. Everybody else might go crazy. Amen. Like I was preaching about about Job. All your friends turn on you and say, well, maybe it's because you did something wrong. But you can go through those Job moments and say, no, I know God's with me. And I know God's got some good things. I know God's got some blessings. I know God's making a way even though I can't see it right now. Even though I don't necessarily feel it. I know that he is there. And he is he's there with his rod and his staff. Because there's two sides of this coin. You've got to let the Lord be your shepherd. You've got to lead him, which means you've got to follow. Amen. You can't, you can't let him lead and you just stay where you are and think everything's going to work out. You hear preaching and go, man, that sounds cute. I sure like that. That was enjoyable. But did you obey what was preached? Mm. Did you follow the leading of God? And once you follow the leading of God, then you can sit down in green pastures. There's some people there in the desert and they're complaining. But the truth is they're in the desert and they're complaining because God tried to lead them into good things, but they refused to get up from where they were and follow where he was leading them. you got to be willing to follow. But there's the next stage. David, there's two sides of this coin. One is that sometimes God leads you through hard things. And then there's other days where David would put it this way, though I walk. Because he leads me, he leads me, he leads me. But there's times where I've made a decision to walk somewhere I shouldn't have gone. I didn't, I didn't have to go the hard route, but I chose the hard route. And he said, I'm not going to fear anything, uh, but I know you're still with me even when I make bad decisions. I want to help you. God never leaves even in your worst mistake. In fact, God's looking at your worst mistake saying, I'm ready to save you. While we were yet sinners, uh, while we were without strength, while we were ungodly, uh, Adam, where art thou after he already failed? Uh, there's a God in heaven uh, that is there regardless of where you walk and regardless of where you go. And what's he doing? He's saying, all right, we went that direction for a while. Now let me leave you out of this. Amen. Come on. You maybe stepped away from the shepherd but today's a day where you can say I'm going to walk with the shepherd again. I'm going to walk, I'm going to walk through some dark things and it was my choice but as of today I'm making a decision. I'm going to let him correct me. Oh. You got to let the Lord be your shepherd. You got to let him lead you which means you got to follow and then you got to be willing to be corrected. Hallelujah. But, Pastor, I just want my cup to run over. All right? Great. How do you get there? There's a mentality. you got to be willing to say, okay, God, that was my bad. I made a mistake. The rod and the staff, some people, they, got that, they, they think that that's just a beautiful symbol of a shepherd walking around. Uh, that rod and that staff was for direction and correction. Direction and correction. Amen. If there's anything that we need in this next year, we need direction. Uh, and we might need a little correction. Uh, and say, okay, we, we maybe been going the wrong direction for a minute. And he comes by. He says, oh, no, no, no. He brings out that shepherd's crook and he pulls you back. Uh, and then there's times where uh, we don't want to move forward because we're afraid. And he comes by uh, with that rot and he smacks us and says, come on. Uh, you can move forward. Amen. Well, I don't know if I can for move forward from this. It's, it's been a little hard. It's been difficult. And he comes by and he smacks the sheep. He says, come on, you got to keep going. Uh, the people that make it to my cup runs over. Uh, amen. They got the Lord as their shepherd. Uh, they let him lead. Uh, they follow. Uh, and they're willing to be directed uh, and corrected uh, by the shepherd. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give him praise. you got to be willing to be directed and corrected by God. That is, the, that is the reality of Christianity. The fun part of Christianity is going around telling everybody you're saved. But there's a process of being saved. 
where he has to come by and he has to direct us and he has to correct us. And sometimes it doesn't feel good. Hey, hallelujah. Anybody ever been spanked? Okay. Maybe, you, maybe you're 50 years old and you might need to be spanked again. We'll have to hire somebody to do that for you and take care of some things your parents should have taken care of when you were 30 years old, but it's all right. Uh, but but there, there's, there's, there's moments where we've got to allow God to do that. And the Bible says, the, I, the Lord, love. Amen. He said, I, I'm your father. Amen. I, whom I love, I chastise. I, in other words, I spank them. Amen. The Bible says, spare the rod, spoil the child. And God says, I'm not going to have any spoiled children. Amen. And, and I don't want my kids going the wrong direction. So when I see them go the wrong direction, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring forth a little reprove. I'm going to bring forth the rod and I'm going to spank them a little bit and I'm going to chastise them. And some people don't know how to handle correction and the people that don't handle correction well never get to my cup runneth over. They never get to live in the overflow because they couldn't handle God's correction. Amen. They want God's yes but they can't endure God's no. They want God to give them a blessing but they don't know how to handle when God comes by and says we need to fix some things. Amen. They're all right whenever things blessings 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 but sometimes God as a good father as a good shepherd has to come by and says hold on you've been going the wrong way for a little while let's correct that oh somebody lift up your hands and let's pray come on let's pray for just a moment I'm almost done preaching, but we need to pray, and we need to ask God, help me, Lord, to be leadable. Help me, Lord, to be teachable. If you got to direct me, correct me, whatever the case may be, I want my cup to run over. And then we move forward. So thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Sometimes you have to sit places you don't want to sit. You have to stay when you want to go. Come on. You have to be stationary when you'd like to get away and run because you're afraid. Because, uh, you know, you think it's one of those deals where I, I love when I get to sit in the presence of my friends. Man, that's awesome. I, I wish I could just have a, a life where my cup runs over always hanging out with my friends. Unfortunately, the only way your cup ever runs over is sometimes he has to put you in the presence of your enemies. Sometimes you need to stand there and endure criticism even though you don't deserve it. Come on, somebody. You have to have people take your good, your best, your, your well-intended, amen, best interests, and they bring forth and they put forth the worst about you, even though it's not true. Amen. You have to be willing to be lied about. Come on, hallelujah. You have to be willing to have somebody trample on you, and, and you have to be willing, as Jesus, to never have to never be able to open your mouth. And people say whatever they want to say about you and they tear you apart because it's easy to tear down anybody who's above you. In fact, if somebody's tearing you down, it's the only reason is because you're above them. And they they want to tear down, amen, what they see as being higher than them. There's areas where you're trying your best and you're working your hardest, amen, and there are people that just nitpick and they take apart. And sometimes you have to sit there and you have to endure it. You have to sit at that table and not move your, not move from your chair. Amen, I'm preaching real good to somebody that says, well, you know what, I don't like that. I'm going to get up and I'm going to move. Amen, you go ahead and do that, but at the end of the day, your cup won't run over. There won't be overflow in your life. Amen, the only way you get an overflow of mercy is the Bible says you got to give mercy and sometimes he puts you in positions where you have to be merciful and the people that are merciful amen get full of mer oh come on somebody amen that you've had to be merciful to others and God says I'm going to give you an overflow I'm going to pour into your cup mercy somebody clap your hands
He allows us to sit in the presence of our enemies. What kind of loving God would do that? A really loving God. One that's got your best interests at heart. Well, God would never give me a mean boss. Yes, he will. Well, he'd never. Well, yes, he will. You pray for that blessing. You might as well accept it. I had a boss literally who used to, he thought it was funny. He threw a swing line stapler at me. Well, I'm, just, I'm just joking around. That thing's like 15 pounds. And at the end of it all, he'd call me into his office and say, hey, can we talk about God for a minute? Nicodemus at night, he was probably my worst manager I ever had. And I can't tell you, every day I went to work ready to quit. But I thought, okay, Lord, you prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Get ready. I just got word from a girl that I won back home. She said, I work with his wife. And I said, guess what? Amen. Just in case you're wondering, God's been working on that man and his wife for a long time. See, if you get up from the table, you miss out on opportunities to win people at that table. That's what the Bible really means. He that wins souls is wise. It's not talking about going out and knocking doors. What it's talking about is you've got to have some wisdom that says, you know what? If I'm at this table, there's a reason God put me at this table. And I might not like the person I'm sitting across from, but maybe, God, there's a reason I'm at this job. Maybe there's a reason I'm in this neighborhood. Maybe there's a reason I'm in this family. Maybe there's, come on, maybe God prepared this. I thought the enemy prepared it, but I want to help you in 2021. You might have to sit some places you don't want to sit you might have to stay some places you don't want to stay but at the end of the day you got to remind yourself it was the shepherd that prepared a table somebody give God praise it was God that prepared that table I'm sitting at that table if God prepared that table at that job I'm sitting at that job if God prepared a table in the presence of people that don't like me all right praise God I'm here anyways you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and now David's there. He's still combating the philosophy. You know how many people have the opposite philosophy? If there are people I don't like at that table, I get up and leave. That's the world's philosophy. But the my cup runneth over philosophy says, all right, if God prepared this table, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to put a smile on my face, and I'm going to wait for the meal to be prepared. And as he gets that, amen, that place, the Bible says that God comes by in the table that he prepared. There's an enemy sitting at the other side. It's a place that David probably doesn't want to be. But at the same time, I want to tell you what flows from the person that has allowed God to be their shepherd. I want to preach to somebody about what comes from the person that's allowed God to lead them, for the person that has allowed God to correct them, for the person that's allowed God to play them in the presence of their enemies the Bible says that you anoint my head with oil there's people that have been praying for more of God they've been praying for a deeper anointing I want to be more anointed than I've ever been guess what honey you're going to have to be leadable you're going to have to be corrected you're going to have to allow there to be moments where you sit at a table you wouldn't have sat by on your own but guess what comes out of it the Bible says that while he's sitting there at the table the shepherd comes by amen and begins to anoint his head with oil. In other words, there's an anointing that only flows from people that sit down at a table they otherwise would have ran from. For people that got the right mindset that says, no, I've determined I'm going to live in an overflow, an overflow of anointing, an overflow of blessings. God's going to bring about good things. You got to be willing to stay there. 
And then he says, my cup runneth over. I got too much we could talk about here today, but I'm not, I'm not going to get into all of it because there's so much good here. Because really, when you begin to dissect, my cup runneth over. He didn't say, uh, amen, that my cup is empty. You talk about people that are optimists, pessimists, opportunists, op- uh, idealists, and all these different things, realists. Amen. There's, there's David there that's saying, my cup's running over. The glass is half empty. The glass is half full. Uh, The glass is there. All right, great, wonderful. And David says, when I look at everything going on in my life, uh, I'm sitting before the presence of my enemies, uh, but I've got enough anointing to realize uh, that when I look at my cup, uh, when I look down at my cup, it's running over. There are some other enemies that I've got to talk about for just a moment uh, to a cup that runs over. There is, amen, a philosophy in our world. It is a scarcity mindset. It is the mindset that says all that I have is all that there is. Amen. You could translate this to anything in your life, whether it be time, whether it be energy, whether it be money. You have a scarcity mindset that says what I possess is all that there ever will be or ever could be. Amen. A person with a scarcity mindset, they begin to ration out what is in their cup. Amen. They're the ones that got about one ounce of God and they come to church and they don't got no mercy for nobody else. There's only enough for my cup. And they begin to sip on it. They're the people that come to church. Amen. And they don't want to worship God because they're afraid they'll use up too much of their energy or maybe they'll sweat too much and it might ruin their clothing. I don't really know what the mindset is. All I do know is it's a scarcity mindset that says if I pour out amen, all that I have on Jesus, I'll have nothing for myself. But there is a cup running over mindset where a woman that was a prostitute comes to Jesus and she doesn't open the bottle. She breaks the bottle and says this might be all I have right now but it's not all there is because my cup runneth over. My worship runneth over. The goodness of the Lord is going to flow. Somebody stand across the building and lift up our hands. Come on, let's pray. Come on, let's pray in this house. I only have so much. That's a scarcity mindset. It will, it will, it will, it will ruin your life. I can't be nice to nobody because I, I've used up all my niceness today. Scarcity mindset. It's not going to help you be a Christian. In 2021, my cup runneth over. There's another enemy, capacity. This is a Nevada Starbucks cup. Great for coffee, espressos. But there's people, this is their cup. What they really come is with limited expectations. If I invite you to dinner, come, come hungry. Let me rephrase that. If I invite you for dinner, come hungry. Well, maybe some. Because I don't believe anybody should come hungry and leave empty. You don't come hungry and then leave hungry. In fact, Jesus had this mindset. He didn't have, a, I only have a little bit. Amen. I only have a couple fish and loaves. There's nothing we can do. And that's the mindset of people. Because he asks them, he says, how are we going to feed these people? 
Jesus could have just fed all the people, but he asked his disciples, how are we going to feed these people? Well, we can't. God never asked whether we can or cannot. He asked how. How are we going to feed these people? And his disciples come and say, well, I don't know. We don't have anything. And then in comes another guy. There's a little boy with some fish and loaves. It's, it's not much more, but it's something you can work with. And he begins to say, watch what I can do. And he multiplies the fish and the loaves. Amen. And he feeds the 5,000, not including women or children. And Jesus says, nobody comes hungry and leaves hungry. I'm going to make sure everybody's got enough. And the Bible says he did not just stop at what was enough. Some people go, well, all right. I got all that God can give. Scarcity, capacity. There's others that got a little more faith, a little more expectation. Go, all right, I brought a bigger cup. And just fill it right to the brim. And that's all I'll be able to handle. But there's a mindset God wants to give his church in 2021. It says, all right, Lord, I don't know if I'm coming with a little capacity. I don't know if I've come with a scarcity mindset. I don't, come, I don't know if I've come with a big cup, little cup. All I know is that by the time that you get done, I'm going to walk out of this place, and I'm not just going to have to the brim. I'm not just going to have half full, half empty. I'm not going to have just a little bit. I'm not just going to have a sip. Amen. I'm going to have so much that it pours out. My cup begins to run over. I'm going to make sure that by the time this miracle's done in my life, I got baskets for everybody else. Church, do we just have enough for us on Sunday? I see a lot of empty seats right now. We got enough to spare. And you know what? You bring enough people to fill up this building, you can have my seat too. I'll sit you on the altar. I'll preach with people sitting on the ground. What do you say in 2021? Our church runneth over. You know how that happens? It's when people don't just come and say, well, I only got enough for me and my family, and we're going to be like that little woman, widow woman that says, we're going to eat, and then we're going to die, and we're going we're gonna to go to church on Sunday, and then we might not make it till Wednesday. We just got enough, and we sip our way through life, and paycheck to paycheck, Wednesday to Wednesday, Sunday to Sunday, trial to trial. Or are you going to be that person that says, all right, pour into me, God. He that believeth on me, as the scriptures hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Can I preach to somebody? When you got the Holy Ghost, it was not scarce. When you got the Holy Ghost, it was not limited. There was no capacity. If you're here today and you don't have the Holy Ghost, I want you to know when God fills you, He doesn't just fill you to the brim. That's why when you get the Holy Ghost, the Bible says we speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. What's happening? He didn't just fill us to the brim. He filled us to overflow overflow when you have an overflow come on you got an overflow you got enough time for everybody hey I don't know I'm not saying we don't have schedules we got schedules when you got an overflow generosity is not a problem That vision giving board back there 
is a symbol that people have gotten out of the scarcity mindset and out of the limited capacity and said, you know what? God's been so good to me. But it doesn't just translate financially. It translates when somebody treats you wrong. Uh, don't worry, I got enough love and grace for you. Uh, hey, it's all right. Uh, somebody cuts you off in traffic, got a smile on your face. Why? Because my cup uh, runneth over. To let your cup run over, there's a few things that we need to do. We have to be plugged in. Everybody say that, plugged in. How good would this work if it wasn't plugged in? Not very good. He might hear it, but nobody else would. But when it's plugged in, everybody gets blessed. These lights would not work if they were not plugged in. Come on. I'm preaching real good. It's just under the surface. People don't even know it right now. If you're not plugged in in 2021, you're no better to anybody else. You're not a blessing to anybody else. Your cup is not running over. Pastor, I, I, I have a cup. Well, that's great. Nice cup. People do that. They live for God this way. They look all holy and they look like Christians. They got no mercy or grace for nobody because they have a cup, but it's empty. But God has sent a preacher that this next year we're going to talk about the inflow. Admit everybody say inflow. You've got to have an inflow if you're going to have an overflow. That's why all last year we talked about prayer and about Bible reading and about fasting. It might not seem like a whole lot, but it was saying, okay, we've got a cup that's great. You come to church, wonderful. You fill it up every service, wonderful. But next level is where we say, okay, God, I want there to be an inflow. But once you get an inflow... You get plugged in. You get connected. You got to get aligned. Everybody say aligned. Because there's going to be a flow. Anybody ever been to a waterfall? Okay. We live near some of them. If you haven't been there, go check them out. They're great. Your cup does you no good if you're standing over here waiting for the water to hit you. And the waterfall's over there. The flow is over there, but you want to be over here and then complain about the fact that you feel empty all the time. The best thing you could do, I'm going to trade up cups because I'm tired of that little one. Pray without ceasing. Somebody gave me this. It's a great mug. Beat Starbucks any days. You got to come over here where there's connectivity, where there's a plug-in. The Bible says that it's pleasant for men to dwell, brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the anointing oil that flowed down from Aaron's head onto his beard, from his beard to his garments. What's that telling us is that there's a direction of the flow and it goes top down. And there's people that they get out of alignment. They're over to the left or to the right. And they're wondering why they've got an empty cup. Or maybe you're the kind of person that doesn't live with a flowing river, but you live with a reservoir. You live with a bucket. You've got a certain amount and it's all you can handle. And maybe your amount's enough to get you through a month without Jesus. And you think, all right, I'm doing good. But eventually 
eventually that cup's going to run dry uh, and you got to realign yourself uh, and say, okay, God, I'm going to sit under this flow uh, of anointing. I'm going to sit under this flow uh, of your blessings. I'm going to go until my cup uh, is running over, until I got enough for everybody else, uh, until I got enough mercy for everybody else, uh, until I got enough love for everybody else, uh, until I got enough time to, to teach somebody else a Bible study. Uh, amen. I'm going to let my cup uh, run over. You gotta get in alignment. You gotta get connected. You gotta get plugged in. And here's the key. This works well when it's plugged in, right? But what if in the middle of your plan I unplug it? You can't just get connected, you gotta stay connected. It ain't the overflow. It's saying, all right, God, I'm gonna live here for this whole year, God. I'm going to start the pattern. I'm not just talking about 2021. I'm talking about 2022, 2023, 2024. Until Jesus comes back, I'm going to start. I'm going to build my house right here under the flow of God's presence. I'm going to build my family right under the flow of God's presence. And God, I never have to worry about whether there's enough because I know that my God is more than enough. I know that my cup is flowing over. And anybody else that I can pour over, it's going to flow into me and flow onto them. Anybody that wants to come near me, Amen. There's people you want to be around. You know why? Because they're living in the overflow. And you feel goodness when you get around them. You feel the grace of God when you get around them. When you get connected to God. When you stay connected to God, when you get an alignment and you say, okay, God, this year, Lord, I've missed it a few times, but I'm going to allow myself to get back in alignment and I'm going to put my cup, whether my cup's only this big or it's that big, whether your expectations are this big or that big, it's irrelevant because when you live in the overflow, there's always more than enough. You must first believe that there is an overflow. Don't let the world lie to you. There is not a limited amount. It might not be in your bank account, but it's in the world. Come on, they're printed every day. It might not be in your bank account, but it's there. We may not own the building, but there's a building. We may not have it yet, but it exists. You have to believe that overflow exists. You then have to prepare for overflow. What happens if I fill up my cup with a bunch of other junk? I'm going to dump it out. Why? Because I'm preparing to be full of God and everything God has. I then have to receive the inflow of what God is pouring out. And i got to stay there. Not until I get enough where I'm satisfied. But I stay there not until it gets to the brim. I stay there until the inflow becomes an overflow. Let's lift up our hands and let's pray. But pastor, I don't feel like my cup's running over. Get connected. Stay connected. Get in alignment. Bring your life under the shepherd that is anointing you with oil to the shepherd that's pouring into your cup. Amen. And when he's pouring into your cup, you can sit in the presence of your enemies and not worry because my plate is full. My cup is overflowing. Somebody pray. Lift up your hands. I'm done, I'm done preaching, but I want us to pray. Come on, let's pray for just a moment. Father, we want you to, we want you to inflow this year, God. 
put so much of your spirit that the gifts of the spirit start operating in this church. Fill us so much with your spirit that the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, begin to flow out without any restraint. Got to plug in. Got to connect. Got to stay connected. Because there's so much at stake. I want to live in the overflow. I feel the Holy Ghost. Would somebody pray in this house? My cup runneth over. Trouble happens. Trials come. It's going to happen. You mark it down. There's going to be tables at the presence of your enemies. But I'm not tripping because I have a cup that is running over. I've got an anointing that is running over. Bad things happen, amen, all the time. But I'm not tripping because I know my cup runneth over. I've got enough and to spare because my cup runneth over. I've got joy unspeakable and full of glory because my cup runneth over. I'm not stressed out. i got peace. Why? Because he's the prince of peace and my cup runneth over. I'm not worried about what's going to happen because I've got a God in heaven that's got me in the palm of his hand. He'll never leave me nor forsake me and my cup runneth over. I want to open up this altar. Would you come? Today's an opportunity for you to come. Maybe your cup is a little small. You can throw it away and exchange it for something a little bigger. And later this year, you exchange it for a bucket. Next year, you exchange it for a bathtub. Whatever you got to do, you're saying, Lord, increase my mentality. Increase my mindset. Increase my faith. I want more of you, Jesus. I want more of you, Jesus. I want to overflow. I want the inflow to overflow. Amen. God, I want you to fill me with your spirit. So full, it flows out. It's a river, not a reservoir. Come on, would you pray? Somebody pray right now. Right there in your seat. I want you to lift up your hands and let the spirit of God flow. Let the Holy Ghost flow. You can make it through anything. You can sit through any table when your cup is running over. You provide the fire. I'll provide the sacrifice. You pour out your spirit. Come on, I'm not living on empty no more. I'm not living on half full. I'm not living on full. I want to live in the overflow.
你。